Welcome again to Corruption of Child Protective Services. I am your host, David Shore. Now, the information I get at one of the sources is invisiblechildren.org. Child abuse statistics and their best resources. The following information is gathered from Kids Count, Children's Defense Fund, and American SPCC. Now, nationally, over 7 million U.S. children come to the attention of Child Protective Services each year, according to a Children's Bureau 2015 report. 37% of American children are reported to Child Protective Services by their 18th birthday. African American children are reported at 54%. Now remember, this is a 2015 report. One in four girls and one in six boys will be sexually abused before they turn 18 years old. And I think we know where a good majority of that happens. Now according to this statistics, 34% of people who sexually abuse a child are family members. Well, unless information shows otherwise, I'm just giving you the information. 3% of girls were age 10 or younger at the time of their first rape slash victimization. And 30% of girls were between the ages of 11 and 17. 96% of people who sexually abuse children are male. And 76%... 76.8% of people who sexually abuse children are adults. 325,000 children are at risk of becoming victims of commercial child sex exploitation each year. The average age at which girls first become victims of prostitution is 12 to 14 years old, and the average age for boys is 11 to 13 years old. And if you believe the uh, media... A lot of it happens to come from the government. Four million children receive prevention and post-response services. Highest rate of child abuse in children under 1, 24.2% per 1,000. 80% of child fatalities involve at least one parent. Estimated that between 50 to 60% of maltreatment fatalities are not recorded on death certificates. Isn't that nice? I wonder where that information came from. Couldn't possibly be CPS. I mean, according to them, they protect the children. Now, let's get to the national child abuse statistics. So, The National Child Abuse Statistics. Four million children, child maltreatment referrals reports received. 207,000 children received foster care. 3% of victims are neglected. Oh, wow, 3%. I thought it'd be a lot higher. 2% of victims are physically abused. 4% of victims are sexually abused. 9% of victims are psychologically maltreated. Over one quarter, 27% of victims are younger than three years. 9% of the child abuse victims die from neglect. 
9% of the child abuse victims die from physical abuse. 4% of children who die from child abuse are under one year. More than 90% of juvenile sex abuse victims Sexual abuse victims know their perpetrator. Child abuse crosses all socio-economic and education levels, religions, ethnic, and cultural groups. Let me stop right here and tell you, they can say all they want. You and I, the, uh, they have been going on this since day one. Know the truth. is not socioeconomic and education levels, religions, ethnic and cultural groups. The socioeconomic and education levels, you're not going to see someone like a Donald Trump going to be uh, dealing with CPS. Now, child victim by age. Now, according to the statistics, the youngest children are the most vulnerable to maltreatment. 52 states reported that most victims were younger than three years. The victimization rate was highest for children younger than one year of age. Well, if a child's one year or less, chances are, or even up to the age of five, well, we as parents understand the statistics don't show the fact that those children really do not speak up. And a lot of them can't defend themselves. Child abuse and criminal behavior. Children who experience child abuse and neglect are about nine times more likely to become involved in criminal activity. Child abuse consequences. Abused children are 25% more likely to experience teen pregnancy. Abused teens are more likely to engage in sexual risk-taking, put, putting them at greater risk for STDs. About 30% of abused and neglected children will later abuse their own children, continuing the horrible cycle of abuse. What about those that come from loving, caring parents? What about the parents who are accused of abusing their own children? What about them? They have no history of abuse whatsoever. And yet, according to CPS, they had a history of abuse. Not checking, not taking into account anything. How about if the parent just sends the child to his or her room? Is that abuse? Or is that just parenting? In at least one study, about 80% of 21-year-olds that were abused as children met criteria for at least one psychological disorder. I mean, let's be honest. Why are they coming up with these statistics when if you just check the person's psychological record, I wonder if there's some underlying factor other than they were abused as children. I'm not saying they weren't. All I'm saying is you got to take more into account than one person's opinion. And that's including my own. The financial cost of child abuse and neglect in the United States is, is estimated at $588 billion. Child abuse risk factors. Alcohol abuse, parent slash caregiver, the compulsive use of alcohol that is not of a temporary nature, 
drug abuse parent slash caregiver. The compulsive use of drugs that is not of a temporary nature. Domestic violence, parent slash caregiver. Abusive, violent, coercive, forceful, or threatening act or word inflicted by one member of a family or household on another. So in other words, if you had a uh, disagreement with your sibling and you're wrestling around, is that domestic violence? If your father or your mother or someone is, you know, just giving you a little paddle on the butt, is that domestic violence? You know, growing up, I always thought that that was uh, discipline. Me, my kid, parents were abusing me. You mean to tell me that when I put my kids in the corner, when they told, when I, you know, the government says, oh, it's best that you put your child in the corner and not spank them. Is that abuse? Is that domestic violence? I mean, where does it stop? That is what we have to ask. Where does it stop? Child abuse and alcohol substance abuse. Ah. Let's look at that, shall we? One-third to two-thirds of child maltreatment cases involve substance use to some degree. In one study, children whose parents abuse alcohol and or other drugs were three times more likely to be abused and one and more than four times more likely to be neglected than children from non-abusing families. Well, what about the non-abusing families? And they're accused of abusing their child. How does that work in? You know, these are not questions we should be asking. I mean, after all, they are your children. Why then are we... Why are we so afraid to do anything to our children? Well, you're hearing it right here. They're going by statistics, not case-by-case basis. When we come back, I'll continue with this and show you that maybe we shouldn't be listening to the so-called experts, but more than likely retrain CPS social workers and investigators so that, hey, we can get to the bottom of it many times it's just somebody who's vindictive either a spouse or a neighbor nosy neighbor that says hey I think this is happening we'll be back welcome back now, according to this statistic, two-thirds of the people with treatment for drug abuse report being abused or neglected as children. Once again, by whose study? More than a third of adolescents with a report of abuse or neglect will have a substance use disorder before their 18th birthday, three times as likely as those without a report of abuse or neglect. Couldn't possibly be peer pressure, could it? Could possibly be that they want to be part of the group. 
3% to 15.8% of children have a parent such caregiver alcohol abuse risk factor 4% to 33.5% of children have a parent caregiver drug abuse risk factor 0% to 33.2% of children have a domestic violence abuse risk factor gun to kill or injure a child or teen every half hour oh, I knew gun control would come in there somehow in 2010, 2,694 children and teens were killed by guns, and 15,576 were injured by guns. Guns killed more infants, toddlers, and preschoolers than law enforcement officers in the line of duty. Let me correct that right now. Now, unless someone can show me a gun that has arms, has legs, and has fired itself, I think it should be about people who kill with guns not guns because it sounds like this thing isn't this inanimate object suddenly grew arms grew legs jumped into someone's hands and fired on its own i mean come on i believe in the second amendment i believe that responsible gun owners should take the responsibility to learn about gun safety and that's including where to properly secure the weapon not just have it out willy-nilly where anyone can get it. U.S. children and teens are 17 times more likely to die from gun violence than their peers in 25 other high-income countries. Well, you know what they don't put there? The ones that are low-income. It says U.S. children and teens are 17, 17 times more likely to die from gun violence. Well, look at the areas where gun violence is prevalent. It's not always in high-income areas. Since 1963, three times as many children and teens have died from guns on American soil than U.S. soldiers killed in action in the, in the Vietnam, Afghan stand in Iraq wars. Gun violence disproportionately affects children of color. In 2010, black children and teens were nearly five times, and Hispanic children and teens were more than three times more likely to be killed by guns than white children and teens. What they don't say is, and they're not saying anything about police, but how are these kids getting the guns? You know, that's a question you should be asking. Not about, oh, well, they're dying by guns. Well, ask yourself this question. How do they, how do they get these guns? <laughs> they just can't get it at the local candy, candy store. That is a question to ask. The United States military and law enforcement agencies possess 4 million guns. U.S. civilians have 310 million. Every year, American companies manufacture enough bullets to fire 31 rounds into every one of our citizens. Uh, well, military and law enforcement, I'd like to have them armed. Funny me. Preventable cause, child, ah, here we go. Preventable costs. Child poverty costs the nation at least $500 billion each year in extra education, health, and criminal justice costs, and in lost productivity. A ch child abuse and neglect costs the U.S. 
$80.3 billion each year in direct costs and lost productivity. A single case of non-fatal child abuse and neglect costs $210,012 over a lifetime, and a child of fatal child abuse and neglect $1.27 million, mostly due to lost productivity. Gun deaths and injuries cost the U.S. $174.1 billion each year, or 1.15% of our total gross domestic product. Look, they keep on putting that in there. And I would just like to say, if you are a gun owner and you're responsible, that means that you've taken classes to make sure you've done everything you can to ensure that you're gun is not in the hands of your children or anything that you also have them learn how dangerous a gun is then chances are the numbers would go down the National Rifle Association states that they do that but I think just as a parent you should have the duty and responsibility to make sure that your weapons are secured, including a gun lock. Make sure that you're the only one that has the key. I don't know if they can be broken or not, but it's at least something to think about. Racial and eth- ethnic health disparities cost the U.S. an estimated $1.24 trillion in medical costs and lost productivity between 2003 and 2006. The high school students who dropped out of the class of 2011 will cost the nation's economy an estimated $154 billion in lost income over the course of their lifetimes. The gap between black and Hispanic compared to white high school achievement in 1998 cost the U.S. $310 to $525 billion in lost gross domestic product by 2008. And the income achievement gap costs $400 to $670 billion. The achievement gap between American students and those in top-performing countries like Finland and Korea in 1998 cost the nation $1.3 to $2.3 trillion in 2008, or 9 to 16% of gross domestic product. We can afford to do better. And I agree. I mean, this is the land of opportunity, not the land of, hey, Whoever has the money. Now, these statistics are just showing that when it comes to CPS, poverty is the main issue. It's not about the best interest of the child. Because if you make less than or at the poverty level, you are ten times, in my opinion, more likely to have CPS knocking on your door because some nosy neighbor or you've got a vindictive ex-spouse who decides that could take the children away from you. Because also maybe you don't have the financial resources to be able to make sure that you can take care of the child. There are so much information, so, so much. But in the end, I'll tell you right now, 
I'm just proving my point. It's poverty. And yes, are there white families who are in poverty? Yes. And are these numbers accurate? According to the statistics. According to the information reported. So, we have to look at it this way. Stop CPS. And above all, let's do something other than taking children. Because after all, if we have black and Hispanic children and white children being taken from good, loving, happy homes, just because it's poverty. And yes, there are white families who are in poverty because they didn't get the education. Maybe they had to go straight to work. Maybe they were forced to have to get a job instead of going to college. And how many college students, black, white, Hispanic, are attending college and are busting their butts and they are still below the poverty line? The statistics don't show the human nature. In the next segment, I'm going to be mentioning, yes, Indiana again. I'm going to mention the amount of children adopted out from 2009 to present. And when I tell you the numbers, there's one set of numbers that you may get confused at. But I'll tell you right now, this has to be told. We will be back. We're back. Well, hang on to your butts, ladies and gentlemen, because what I'm about ready to tell you are the numbers from www.in.gov slash C-O-R-E DCS Adoption Statistics. Indiana DCS Adoption, Adoption Statistics and State Fiscal Year 2009 to 2020. These are the total number of adoptions. 2009, 1,577. 2010, 1,429. 2011, 1,484. 2012, 1,663. 2013, 1,244. 2014, 1,038. 2015, 1,245. 2016, 1,509. 2017, 1,812. 2018, 2017. 2019. Now, before I go on any further, remember... In one of my episodes, I said that the state of Indiana got a $4.7 million award for adopting out 2,489 children. Now, this is from their DCS adoption statistics. 2019, the total number of adoptions that DCS recorded was 2,406. That means that is a discrepancy of 83 children. 
we rounded it off to about 100. That means that they should have recorded 2,506. And 2,020, 2,317 total number of adoptions to date. Which if we add another 100, that'd be 2,417. And they are not done yet. This is just October 7th, 2020. So what does that mean? <laughs> In layman's terms, they're going to have about 2,500 to 2,600 children have to be adopted. But hey, the DCS director, Terry Stickton, and the governor said they still had 1,000 children they still had to adopt out. Excuse me? So, where did these 1,400 children come from? Because if we go by, if we add an extra 100 of each one of these children from 2009 to 2020, that means that DCS is pocketing money that they're not recording. Because after all, these children are a product. That's exactly what they are. Let's not think that they're not. And so, what do we do? What do we say? That's perfectly all right. I just read you the statistics. There's still more information. They break down about teen prostitution, pregnancy, teen violence. Um, they go into things left and right about how these teens are and these kids are being abused, yet they don't factor in everything. I mean, how many times does a gang, gangling shooting happen? Drive-by shooting. Nobody takes into that into account. Nobody takes anything like that into account. The reason being, they don't want to. Um, I believe it was Al Pacino and a few in Scent of a Woman. He said that he came at the crossroads of his life. And he said that when it came to it, there were many times he knew what to do. He knew the right thing to do, but he didn't. And what he said made sense. Why did he do it? Because, or why didn't he do it? Because it was too damn hard. Why don't we do things like this? I'll tell you. Because it's too damn hard to do the right thing. It's too damn hard to report the truth. It's too damn hard to say we're not reporting everything. Here's the rest. We the people, not just here in the United States, but around the world, are speaking out. 
We're stating the other side. CPS does not like it. I mean... I found out in Ireland they have their version of CPS called Tulsa. Those in Ireland know that agency. You also know what they're capable of. And I'll say this. I'm across from the county city building in front of what they call the law building. I mean, what are we to do? Are we to just allow these things to continue to happen? Or should we take a stand? I'm taking a stand. I voted yesterday. If you know my views, then you know which way I voted. I'll just say this much. My vote was not for the governor of Indiana. And I want him to take Miss Stigden with him. Because it's time that we do something more. Make your voice be heard. If you have elections going on, or at least early voting, get out and vote early. There's not a long line today as there was when I voted yesterday. Some people are waiting up to four hours to vote, I hear. So, get out and vote. Make sure your voice is heard. November 4th, hopefully the people we want in are in, and especially those that will fight for the family. Because if we don't voice our opinions, no one hears us. That is the truth. That is the reality. My hope is this will be here heard because the last two episodes, not too many people listened. But then again, Maybe they're either busy or my episodes are being censored. Whoever does hear this, pass it on to as many people as possible. Let people really hear. Because it's our children. And if we don't fight for them, who will? This is David Shore for Corruption of Child Protective Services.